is the Evan on Planet Podcast, episode 55. I'm your host, Joel Lambert. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, we have Pat Ward. Friend, counselor, former pastor, just a wise, a wise guy. When it, like when someone would say, like, especially I've been living in the South for a while now, if someone's wise, that's a good guy to have around. So Pat is definitely wise, and we are going to have a conversation that goes into a lot of different topics. It's kind of like, you know, Pat's a good friend, so we kind of store up some things to talk about, and then it's like, hey, you know what? Might be time for a podcast episode. We had Pat on in the midst of the pandemic um, talking about staying mentally fit, and we're kind of doing some of the same things and saying, like, you know, what is this, what is this, like this kind of reemergence into community, into being together? What does that look like? What are some things that are happening uh, that we maybe should pay attention to? What are those messages that are being sent? Just, again, a, a kind of a roaming conversation, but all around this idea of staying mentally fit and trying to take care of ourselves that way. And this is all, again, a part of the month of Joel. I thought, hey, what better way to... Uh, <laughs> To be in the month of Joel, and again, this is just, I, I call it the month of Joel just because my birthday happens this month, but wanted to uh, put out some podcasts that I wanted to put out. So here's one with, uh, with Pat Ward. So you know what? Why delay any further? Here's my conversation with Pat Ward. Pat Ward, thank you so much for uh, joining me again on the Avenue Planet podcast. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, we get to see each other a lot, but it's good to have an opportunity to share some conversations. I think uh, our first conversation we had was on staying mentally fit, and we were in the midst of the pandemic, and hopefully we're coming out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so we, now- We are coming out of it, but it's a, it's an odd reboot, you know? Like, and I, I think a lot of people are, are recognizing that. Uh, I was just having a conversation this morning talking to a friend, and I was like, you know, I think the- there are still some serious medical and epidemiological concerns, but I do think um, good word. We're just thank you. Yeah. We're just yeah. we're just recognizing some of the long term impacts of it. I mean, the yeah. stock market is still crazy. I started a stock market Robinhood fa- fantasy stock market league this year. It was <laughs> terrible. We all we all lose. Whoever wins for the week is the one that has lost the most. The lost the least percentage. Nobody's in the. <laughs> Nobody's in the positive at this point. I mean, everything's crazy there. And, you know, the just everybody's life just kind of got reshuffled over the last 18 months. And we're just now seeing it, you know, the way our social circles got reshuffled, the way our religious activities got reshuffled, the way yeah. we keep up with our family in some ways, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's really been something. And I think we're we're just now taking stock of that. Yeah, I like that idea of reshuffle because it's not like everything is bad or everything is good. Like yeah. there's some things that, you know, have as a result of the pandemic. It really, I mean, again, putting it aside the, the, you know, the medical issues that people are going through and other, other than that, but there's like ways that people have sought out like authentic, you know, uh, connections and building on relationships or have reevaluated, like, what are we doing with our time and how do we yeah. better use it? And so, yeah, and it's affecting things in weird ways. Like we're we're a part of you know the the local park commission here in Oxford. Uh, my son plays on two different teams, and as soon as he got registered, they started sending out these emails. Like we cannot find enough coaches. We can't find enough people willing to give their time to to coach these teams anymore. We've never had this happen. And so I, I was like, well, I'll, I'll coach baseball because it happens right at the end of the summer, kind of fall baseball, and then I'll coach flag football because it's later on. And they had to delay the the flat the baseball season so now it's like right on top of football so this so we've got like it's crazy my son it's like bo jackson we had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had football practice and then baseball practice and now we've got a football game tonight the baseball game on wednesday night oh and my goodness so it's nuts it's nuts for october and then you know by the time the holidays get here it'll be it'll be you know calm down again but i was talking to the people at the park commission they were like it, we've never seen anything like it we had to we thought we were gonna have to cancel both seasons because we just didn't have coaches they've pulled in some students from Ole miss to coach which i think is great i think that that's a good strategy for, to begin with i wish I, I always would love to have an assistant coach from the, the university on the team would be would be great but it's just you know everything every organization especially nonprofits, churches everybody's kind of scratching their heads like what is the new math mm. And yeah, like, what is the new Thank you. what's the new algorithm and how do we crack it here? Yeah, I mean, because even too, you th- 
in our uh, neck of the woods here, I mean, you can, <laughs> how many different, you can, sometimes you can have more coaches uh, for baseball than players on the field at some time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So that is, uh, right. that is kind of shocking. Um, that's right. So, and then, and so that's from an organizational standpoint. From the other standpoint, the people that I work with, I see, I see some people experiencing some anxiety about, hey, life is kind of restarting. How do I re-engage there in some new ways? Maybe some of the people who listen to your podcast are the same way. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not the anxiety that people felt in 2020, 2021 about going back to work so much and like, am I safe? Is this, you know, Am, am I safe from a virus? Am I safe from governmental overreach? Am I, you know, whatever, what all these other things that were so scary, but it's more like, who am I as a person and what part of me do I take my social circles? What part of me am I taking back to my family? How have I changed through this kind of historic thing that we've been through? And so I see people really, really struggling in a lot of ways to answer those questions. But then also there's a lot of guilt, like, Hey, this was always important to me and it's just not anymore. I'm not engaged mm. like I was. So how, you know, how are we, how are we p- helping people kind of re-engage in some of the secondary parts of their life that actually make up life and who they are. So some of those conversations have been really helpful to have. Yeah. Well, and just to, just to back up just a little bit, just in case people hadn't, uh, hadn't heard of the first episode or they're unfamiliar with the legend of Pat Ward. <laughs> Put you out there. <laughs> can you, uh, can you just give a, a brief uh, self-introduction and kind of like your, a little bit of sure. your background and what you're currently doing? Sure. Sure. So I, um, I'm a, a counselor here in Oxford, Mississippi, but I see people all over the state through telehealth, which has been a wonderful um, new frontier during um, the pandemic. Um, I see people in Oxford via telehealth because I don't want to get out and come see me in my office. They got stuff mm-hmm. to do, but they they really want to have the kind of conversations and do the kind of work that we work on. And so uh, we meet that way. But I but I also see people in person here. And, you know, one of the things that I love about my practice is it runs the gambit. I mean, any given day of, of seeing people, I'll have conversations with people who are, you know, teenagers, people who are college students, people who are married, been married for a long time, people who are addicts, people who, you know, all across the board, every hour is something a little bit different. And so I'm really thankful for that. I really, I really love it. Um, I feel like over the last two years, not only have I seen a lot of, a lot of life, but I feel like I've, I've been able to see the pandemic in some, some new ways and kind of 360 degrees as I've seen some people walk through it. And so that's kind of my point of reference in a lot of ways of, of kind of understanding how, how people are reemerging and reengaging there. Um, I also, um, for 13 years before that was the pastor of a church. So not only from a, um, a side of helping people keep track of their spiritual lives, but also from a place of organizational leadership. Um, I can see, I'm, I'm a little bit sensitive to seeing some of the, some of the struggle that organizations are having right yeah. now on the other side of that too. And, you know, through all of that, I've, you know, I work with a lot of educators now, people who are in, in education and being in a university town, even, even the years that I was leading the, the orchard, which is the church that I was a pastor of, um, I was kind of tapped into to a lot of people who are in education. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's why I like the kind of conversations you're having on this uh, podcast and I'm glad to be a part of it today. Well, and just from a personal point perspective, you know, I was a member or I still am a member of the orchard and knowing that my own personal path to staying mentally fit ran right by Pat Ward, where he's like, should probably go talk to somebody about some of this stuff and, then like, <laughs> and direct me. And so like knowing how much that I've benefited personally, just, you know, hanging on to some things for way too long and, you know, just the relief for, and, and now the different perspectives I can bring online. And then also just thinking about this. Now the story I can share with some of the people I deal with teachers, especially and like saying, Hey, this is, you know, just like you go for runs, you know, and to take care of your body, you need to do some things to take care of your mind, take care of yourself. So yeah, you know, yeah. Some of the other aspects. That's a good right. word. Yeah. So, so what, what are we going to talk about here? What, what do you well, want? Let me, let me tell you just a couple of things as we're talking about, these are a few of the things that I'm trying to help people connect with as we are kind of re-emerging, re-engaging with these yeah. secondary, but still very important things. One is um, I think it, 
it is really important in the season to, to come to terms with our values. Like what are the things that we really hold mm-hmm. dear? And even if those things are misaligned, sometimes the way that we have budgeted our time and our energy in the past, yes, they yes. can still be really important. We may just budget our time and energy a little bit differently and that's okay. It's okay for the deck to be reshuffled every while it's, it is there. I don't want to be too dramatic, but it is almost like the world kind of is emerging at into almost a midlife crisis of asking some questions about some of these things. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. There are some good things that can come out of midlife crisis. They sold a lot of convertibles because people <laughs> have those. And so um, it's okay. It's okay to ask some of those deep questions. Just make sure that at the end, you're kind of thinking about, okay, what are my values? What do I want the cumulative impact of my life to be? And then how does that inform the way that I give my time and energy? Um, I also think, you know, we, we're seeing some younger and younger people wrestle with these things mm-hmm. in the same way. And so for, for people who are out there who are listening, who are educators, I mean, helping, helping young people sort through that can be really helpful as well, especially, especially teenagers. I mean, I talked to one um, young man recently who was like, I've played football every year for the last four or five years, peewee football. I mean, that, that was my thing. And it's just not in me right now. And yeah. it's a hard, it's a hard thing to be a part of. It's, you know, physically and mentally, if, if you just don't feel it anymore. And so nobody, everybody's kind of scratching their heads like, what's wrong? Why is he feeling this way? But, you know, for some people, they're just, they're just rethinking some of the things they give their time and their energy to. And so um, using that as a conversation, especially with young people about values and about what do you want the story to be is, is really important. And we're at a really important time for that. Um, I also think, in general, it's good to think about a time and energy budget. Not only is it good for individuals <laughs> to think about that, but for people who are married to think about that. Um, a lot of a lot of couples think the only budget that they have to keep in working order is their financial budget. As long as more money comes in than goes out of the month, mm-hmm. they're they're good at at managing their life. But that's just one of a couple of different budgets that they need to manage. We also need to manage the way that we, we schedule our time, which is a huge, I mean, a, a, a huge thing that, that impacts a lot of families, the way we, we budget our time. And then also the way we budget our passion and our interests. Um, we, we manage all three of those budgets uh, to create the kind of life that we want to live. And so I think that that's a really helpful way to think about it. And this season may be encouraging people to think about it in that way. Um, well, and then I, the last thing is like, oh, it's okay. Go it. No, what were you going to say? No, no, keep going. You keep going. Oh, the last thing is it's okay to reshuffle sometimes. It's it's okay. It's okay to, to ask some questions. It's okay to try some new things. We should be encouraging people to do that. That is all right. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to go like the, the, you know, the example you gave of the young man who was like, wasn't feeling football. I'm sure there's other people that they're not feeling certain things, but then how do you, so like, well, even taking something, an activity as all encompassing as football, which, you know, you would do some things for it in the spring. You do like, I mean, it was almost like a year round activity and took up a lot of time and everything. So now, you know, so maybe it was a healthy decision on not do it, but so like thinking about people that are having time that is open up, like using, like, how do you choose to use your time? How do you, like, now you're talking about budgeting, but like, all of a sudden he's got this surplus. It's like handing a kid a bunch of cat, like, okay, what do you do with this time <laughs> in right. healthy ways? Right. It doesn't need to go all through your Xbox. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, they, yeah. I, and from a personal perspective, that's what we had, you know, all activities like the, you're talking about youth sports, like every night, you know, you might have multiple games a night and then all of a sudden, boom, that stopped. And I think we did a good job of, of using our time as a family during the pandemic yeah. when it was shut down, lockdown, but then re-entering has been tough to like, even to think like, well, and it, cause you're trying to help your, your child who maybe went to sports as a default. Like, you know, there are yeah. certain things like, Hey, we're always going to sign up. We're always going to sign up. For, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, we're being thought like, am I pushing to get into a sport or is it, is that unhealthy to like try to do that? Or is it like, Hey, we need to, we need to do something here. And it's like, as a parent, it's been tough thinking about that. Yeah. And we realized that that gravity kind of pulls us back into some of those old patterns. That's why they were patterns to begin with, whether it's default activities. I love, I love that term, but also just default busyness and things Mm. like, I know that one of the things both of our families did, I think when we're, we're kind of, 
this is kind of these are kind of dad projects but one of the yeah, things yeah. we both did was we really invested a lot in our backyards that's right so you guys built like just looking good you're looking real good it looks real good which is great we put a little patio out there and i got a tv hung up out there and like we spent a lot of time um out there during the pandemic and it was glorious it was like it was just the the space was so nice for mm-hmm. our family but it it really is it takes intention and it takes planning and it takes popcorn and it takes like, Hey, tonight we are going to spend some time on the back porch. It was so much easier to spend that intentional time um, doing things like that when we didn't have anything else to go on. But those are the things I don't want to unlearn. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I keep, I keep finding the value in that and it, it, and encouraging my kids to do that too. That's, that's one of the things I know this is a podcast, a lot about education, but like sometimes keeping our eye on unlearning the things, you know, not unlearning the things that we need to hold on to is just as important as learning new things. Right. And uh, I think that's a, that's a really important. Right. Reinforcing uh, but, the things that are important, right. That's what we need yeah. to be doing. Yep. And you do that with planning and intention and the things that you said, and yeah. like evaluating the, like being intentional about those, like, how am I going to budget my time? I mean, and also too, cause we've seen the, we both had also put in home offices over the pandemic too, where we work. And so like, it was really easy to sneak in there for a zoom or, or another meeting or to, Oh, I got, just got to clean up a little work because there wasn't that intentionality of separation between I'm going to be at an yeah. office or I'm going to be at home. Yeah. Like, those same things too. And it worked for a while. We were kind of, we were kind of running on, you know, glad to just still be in productive mode, but right. That some of, some of those patterns are unsustainable too. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So you, you sent me a link that, you, that I, I'm glad you did about something to talk about. Do you want to introduce it? This, uh, yeah, I, I just was trying to figure out what we could talk about that would be relevant to, um, education right now, but also mentally health, mental health and mental fitness. And right, right. We, uh, there've been a lot of news stories lately about this TikTok trend, devious licks. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Have you heard about it before? I oh, it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I had a conversation. Actually, uh, my daughter and Joel's daughter are, are friends. And so um, she was at our house some this weekend. We were all talking about some of the ways that this has shown up locally. But basically, it's um, TikTok trend, hashtag. I'm trying not to sound like an ancient <laughs> person. I'm not a boomer. I am a millennial. But I'm trying not to. <laughs> Found that way but it's a, a tiktok trend where young people are just destroying stuff yeah. and then posting it on tiktok for other people to enjoy something like project mayhem from fight club basically yeah like where they get like these tasks to do you know? yeah which is great as a movie but yeah. not, not really in real good. life yeah it's yeah like at a school and uh and apparently when i was looking for an article to send you just so we'd have an anchoring point it, it has now progressed from like putting spoiled milk into the hand like the soap dispensers or breaking urinals. It's like apparently slap a teacher is now a part of it. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, and you'll see some, some posts on Facebook and about that. I mean, and it just like, you know, teachers are stressed enough. And the fact that this is something that's out there, I mean, that, that just adds more stress, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Thinking so, about that and the struggle of, so, so what, <laughs> I don't know. So Pat, you're trained. Why is this a thing? <laughs> I just, I just don't get it. Uh, I don't, I don't know why it's a thing, but I do have, I think I do have a little bit of insight into how it's come about. I do think overall it is tied into something that has always happened, which is young people trying to break away from authority and trying to find themselves by figuring out where, um, parents school administrators like where that stops and where they start you know that's Mm -hmm. kind of that's kind of the challenge of adolescence especially is you're trying to figure out like okay who am i in reaction to this um you throw into the mix now that we have social media so people are trying to figure out like who am i in relation to my audience which is an absurd thing we never would have thought it would be a good idea to give every 16 year old 14 year old an audience, but they have one now. And mm-hmm. so you're trying to be a non-conformist, but also a conformist at the same time, which yeah. kind of can twist things around. Um, and so there, there, there are some old dynamics. This is, this is in some ways the same song, but another verse. Right. Um, but in, 
in a lot of different ways that the verses now are grow more intense just because of uh, the way that the way that social media and social media dynamics increase the intensity of things, the way that, you know, groupthink has always gotten people in trouble. But now, you know, we can all kind of get, or especially young people, but even old people too, let's be honest, all can get kind of caught up in the intoxicating effect of, you know, being liked and literally being liked on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I mean, there it, it is intoxicating. And so sometimes it's it's easy to miss what's going on there. And yeah, so, I mean, well, I don't know if you watch the, there's the HBO documentary Break Stuff about Woodstock 99, which was the, um, oh, Limp Biscuit and Tool. And like, I mean, where it's just, it was just a disaster. Um, but I mean, watching it, it's almost, it's, I've heard somebody accurately describe it. It's like a horror movie watching what's happening during that concert. And and it's almost the same thing where there is this, I, I want to break away <laughs> during a place that's Woodstock supposed to be peace and love and yeah, not. Right. but I right. want to break away from, from, you know, social norms and, and my music is expression, but at the same time, then you're conforming to this whole group doing these things and basically tearing apart, uh, a concert venue and, and all sorts of like crimes that were being committed there. I mean, it was just, but it was like a, almost like a social experiment. It was just crazy. But then you think like if you add social media to that and now we're doing things like devious licks, I don't know. Yeah. It's, but like, so, you know, and, and, you know, I was thinking too about what if, you know, I was a teacher in this thing and just, you know, it's that relationship building, right? Like there's rules and all these rules that you could put into place. And I know they're limiting, like in the in the article, they talk about limiting access to bathrooms and things like that. And now, which is just sad that that needs to happen. But like, yeah, you know, how do you create a culture within your school that, you know, is about caring for each other, looking out for each other? And yeah, you're going to have some folks that are still have, find, trying to find ways to express themselves in unproductive mm-hmm. or unhealthy ways. But building relationships with students and think, you know, because I even I had, you know, students that were, you know, tried to push the boundaries a lot. But then, like, because we had a relationship, you could just look at them, like, kind of cock your head a little bit. And all of a sudden, like, they see, oh, yeah, Dr. Amber doesn't want me doing that. Or Mr. Amber doesn't want me doing that. Right, right. Right. and, And I know that. And so, like, just those healthy relationships with students and, like, and again, if they're looking for a way to belong to a group, like how can we get, find them places to belong, people to belong with and uh, like positive groups to be a part of. And even if it's yeah. not the, you know, how all these different uh, activities and things that people can be a part of, but finding places for everyone to join in with that are in healthy and productive ways. I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's important. Yeah. yeah. And you're exactly right. I mean, we, we've either got to, we've either got to get, get, better at building those relationships or we got to just start slapping random kids and hoping that that works in reverse, like, yeah. you know, administrative licks or whatever. And I don't, I don't think that'll work, but I no, do, no. you know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because now this, we, this generation exists at a really interesting time as, as people's understanding of, of kind of authority and the establishment has really changed over the last decade. Think about it. The biggest taxi company in this country is not a single company. It is you getting in a car with a stranger that you hailed on Uber. I mean, it mm-hmm. is a decentralized model. I mean, I, I haven't traveled in a long time that I didn't stay in an Airbnb with my family. I'm staying in somebody else's house because they had a favorable review on Airbnb instead of staying at a big hotel chain. I know there's people still still do that a lot but i mean that is one of the, the fastest growing parts of the hospitality sector we have decentralized it all it's not like a down with the man thing i think it started as an economic um you know kind of a new frontier and it was cheaper and you know more of an adventure but at the same time it, it has in some ways solidified our our struggle with you know the establishment especially mm-hmm. for people who trend a little bit younger than you and i but i um but I think in into that mix, we now have a, a generation of of students, kids who, you know, have have taken that even to a new level. I think one of the things that I, I think is most interesting about Generation Z is they have information at their fingertips 
about everything, anything that they need to know, they have it at their fingertips. We laugh about, you know, our kids, you know, if, if we talk, if we're in casual conversations, this happened the other day when Annie was at our house, is just, we just asked Alexa and all of a sudden the conversation was over. And so, yeah. you know, they have all the understanding, all the knowledge. They don't have understanding. They have all of the information that they need. What really is the the thing that they're seeking out from other people, especially people who are older or have any kind of authority in their life is they're seeking out that connection, that relationship. And that, you know, if we have something real and meaningful is to offer that to them. Now we, it, it's, it's a hard sell because as much as teachers who are intuitive and teachers who are emotive or empathetic, like, like the, I think people like you are, I know, and people who, who follow you and listen to your podcast um, are it, it, it is deeply meaningful for them to see a kid, you know, cheer for that kid, not excuse, but at least understand some of the variations in their, their behavior and try to see through that. You put that on one end of the scale and then you put the cumulative weight of a TikTok audience, people who are finding these things through, you know, that algorithm that keeps them locked in all the time. And it, it's hard, it's hard to find. It's, it's hard to say that they even out on those scales mm-hmm. that they weigh the same amount to a young person, but we got to figure out how, how to do that. I mean, they, they really need people who are offering them genuine connection, not just people who are being entertained by them. Yeah. And so like, and again, you know, talking about the reshuffling, like where people might not be in the spaces, maybe even some of those healthy spaces, there are, you know, some of these kids might have had healthy spaces to be a part of uh, in relationships and great productive relationships as well. Um, and also to like, there's kids have done a lot of growing in isolation, you know, in a social distance, like, you know, someone said, like, when was the last regular, you know, regular in quotation marks school year for some of these kids that just entered high school, which is like, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of like emotional growing happen before I went, came into high school. And you think about when was the last regular year that would they have been like in sixth grade or something like that? Like the full yeah. you know year. And you think about that, you know, where, okay, so who are they interacting with? And it is a lot of it probably was on social media or, or through some things like that. And so again, encouraging folks to get reconnected or finding those connections in those oh, yeah. positive spaces and, you know, just thinking about all the different, you know, absolutely all the different groups that there could be a part of that you know there there are many you know if it's cub scouts if it's you know there's youth groups at at local churches and and i mean all sorts of different groups that are out there that people could be a part of to feel that uh you know that connection and you know then it's maybe about you know it's about putting your effort and time into that rather than trying to do some of these things Yep, yep, yep. And we and a lot of our time was spent at the lowest common denominator when everything was going crazy, you know. And mm-hmm. so for people who are who were kind of reemerging, understanding that just the gravitational pull is towards busyness, but also like for any for any like I would say older person who is realized their social life and their calendar has kind of been reshuffled over the last couple of years, I think it's worth acknowledging that, Hey, Facebook would love all that extra attention and they'll take it. They'll keep you scrolling and, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd be plugged into who to be mad at today and what the next um, argument is going to be, you know, the 24 hour news cycle would love to just kind of keep you there as a viewer who is, you know, upset, ranting and raving to yourself in the chair. Um, That's where the gravitational pull is there. But then also, you know, some of the things were really, were really easy ways for our kids to connect and spend their time um, during the pandemic and they're still easy they're designed that way um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best that you know hours and hours on minecraft is the best thing for them to yeah. do with their time yeah. and so we've got to figure out how to to encourage that as parents but then also as as people who interact with families too is to help help them see hey you know your budget is not a, your time budget is not just something to to hoard over, but sometimes you do have to be willing to put an investment in. And yeah, sometimes it's risky. It's risky to put your kid on a team. You know that there's, you know, hours of commitment that go along with that, but it may be, a, it may be a good thing for them. It's risky to, to, to take your kids to youth group, even if your, your youth group is not, you know, a very large youth group, or even if your youth group, they don't have a whole lot of friends already at whatever youth group it is. It may be, it's, it's good for them to go and to try to figure out how to have it, how to elbow their way in there. Yeah. I mean, in a minimum, I know that I'm getting, you know, when I drop off my kids at youth group, I know there's a pretty cool adult that's willing to invest some time 
and, yeah. and to my kid. And that's, yeah, that's pretty neat. And that's even if neat. it's right, even if right now it's just about pizza and about, you know, some kind of game that they've come up with. When our children go through hard times, they have another trusted adult that they can talk to besides us. And that's the that's the thing that I'm always looking for in trying to figure out how to budget my kids' social circle is like when they have the thing that comes up and they're like, I can't talk to my parent about that, my parents about this. Right. Who is in their path that they can say, Well, maybe I can, maybe I can trust this healthy person um, instead. And who are they going to talk to? And so I really, I really want to make sure that they have those people in their lives. In general, I would say that's another thing that that Generation Z, this next generation, really needs is like we need to be helping them focus on healthy relationships too. And I know that you know, as educators have you know have influence over their lives for um, a good chunk of time over the course of a year. I mean, trying to figure out how how to help them be well connected. It's not something that they can just Google but it's something that they can learn in the, in the fire of, you know, school in the fire of, you know, activities and things like that. And if we can, if we can point out the ways that they're doing that well, and maybe some of the ways that they're, they're doing that poorly, but they don't see some of the impacts of that, then I think that can be helpful too. Yeah. We just, uh, previous episode, we talked about the culture code and the one, one thing that I took away from that was on, you know, was, that's about creating successful groups and like having, frequent, healthy, productive, maybe it's just frequent, productive collisions, which is, I mean, basically (laughs) like saying, I mean, putting people in place that, you know, like if I'm going to, if I want my kid to be involved in something, I want my kid to be a part of something like the fact that they have a chance to interact with great people. I guess that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And then now that comes back to Again, like you said before, how to budget my time? What are we going to invest yeah, yeah. in? What all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe that was part of what happened during the pandemic is that we just didn't have our, our collision rate went way down, and that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily a good thing. Now we got to, we all kind of need to get out there and collide some more. But we yeah. definitely need to get our kids out there colliding some more. <laughs> That's right. In healthy right. ways, not in break the <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, have a new driver. Uh, not no collisions there, please. Yeah, I think the other thing too is that. I do think that this generation does have a value for facts. I think it's funny how um, when I talk to when I talk to people as a counselor, I do some level of psychoeducation about like, hey, this is what depression looks like, and this is what it means, or this is what anxiety feels like, and this is what it means, or this is what it you know, this is this is what you do if you're suicidal. When I talk to young people, they know all that because they've Googled that. They've read it all. They understand it. They are, they are, they are like regurgitating to me the things that I feel like are important to teach people about when we're talking about mental health. They've lived in a world that has valued mental mm-hmm. health. And so if we want to, if we want to come and talk to kids or adolescents about um about some of the things that we see, um, we can approach them with some of the facts. I and mean, I think some of the stuff that's come out recently about what Facebook knew about Instagram and suicide rates and teenage girls, I think it's abhorrent. But I also think that there are some teenage girls that I've worked with and some that are in classrooms out there that would that would respond to that of like, mm-hmm. oh, the data says this. Well, I, I knew that it didn't always put me in a good space. And so maybe I should be questioning that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can come. I think we can come with them to them with information and then help them try to sort out what that could mean. Now, one thing we can't fix is that teenagers from the dawn of time had always had swampy head syndrome. So swampy head <laughs> swampy syndrome heads. is where you move from one moment you're on firm ground and you can think linearly. Linearly, It's like, hey, if I break this urinal, I'm going to get in trouble for it or whatever. And then sometimes you're off of solid ground into the swamp and you're up to your eyeballs and you're just kind of raw hormones and emotions and just going along with whatever you think you know, is right at the moment. And so we can't always take data and facts to them and expect them to, to, to rub their chin and um, say, I'm going to figure this out, but we can at some, at some level do that. Yeah. Anything you want else you want to talk about, about helping students maybe uh, grow and struggle here? The one last thing that I think it is indicative of this generation is I think we have taught them or we, we, we are doing a better job of teaching them how to have good, how to have boundaries mm-hmm. and how to acknowledge their limits when they're stressed out, when they're anxious, when they're in need. One thing that we still struggle to do is to teach perseverance 
and tenacity. We've got to figure out how, when we see that in a good, helpful direction in a young person, we've got to figure out how to applaud that in and of itself. Hey, you yeah. showed some real resilience here. You showed some persistence here. I like the grit that you brought to this. I just think, I think that is the thing that if we don't figure out how to instill that in, in young people, um, I think that that is something that that continues to take from them long-term in their life. And so we got to figure out how to do that. And I think now that we're back into collision season and things being reshuffled and restarted and um, kind of re-engagement, I think we're, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to speak that into the young people's lives. Yeah. Well, in one of the areas that I talk about a lot, talk about in this podcast a little bit is about struggle and uh, some colleagues and I, we talk about celebrating the struggle and knowing that, I mean, because when someone hears like, talk about helping our students grow and struggle, someone might've said like, wait, we don't want our students to struggle. Yes. you. I mean, yeah, you oh, do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, and everyone knows about an opportunity, something that they've done in their lives that's like, wow, that was really hard. I went through it, but that's probably the thing you celebrate the most. I ran that half marathon. I got this yep. degree. I did all, you know, whatever these things were, <laughs> I reared some children, <laughs> got them through the swamp years <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and thinking right. about the, the struggle is, is something, yeah, to celebrate. And so, you know, not to, if some, you hear your, your student is struggling or, uh, you know, not to come in and, and take it all away. Cause that, that could be the opposite of loving on them. It could be like Absolutely. productive struggle. Yeah. If their struggle where they're frozen, yeah, maybe they need some guidance, but to still, you know, let them still work through it and yeah, celebrate that and say, ah, I saw you worked really hard on that. And that was, you know, wow. Like, you know, maybe you didn't get the greatest grade, but it's like, I saw how the effort and the tenacity and the perseverance, the grit, all that stuff that you put into play. And those are things, cause you know, as a parent or as a teacher, even a parent and a teacher, like if you're not gonna be around forever. So like they need those skills in order to make sense of problems, persevere and solve it. Yeah. And that's, that's the number one standard for mathematical practice from the uh, college of career readiness standards. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Um, Hey, you want to talk about something fun? Yeah. So what does, uh, what does Ted Lasso have to teach us about mental health? I did a solo thing on Ted Lasso and I was like, I need somebody to talk about Ted Lasso with. And I I know you could, you could. Yeah. So I actually have a Ted Lasso shirt. My wife got me and I wear it whenever I coach little league, just to make sure that people know I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I want, I want that to be the expectation to go into it. Um, but a it's a fantastic <laughs> joke. It just it just kind of sticks out in a big way because it's been so long since we've had a character like Ted Lasso on on TV. I'm trying to I'm trying to trace the, those those kind of warm, yeah. lovely character traits. It, it kind of reminds me of Mork. Did you ever watch Mork and Mindy reruns when you were I, a kid? No, did not. Sorry. Well, I mean, I've seen some clips of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Robin so, Robin Williams, Robin Williams classic. Just like everything was good, everything was lovable. I'm trying to think who else, you know, cause, yeah. So we, we just don't have Balky from Perfect Strangers. I yes, don't know. <laughs> Balky, yes, totally. Um, I think that's about it, you know. Um, but but as a main character, it's so refreshing to see somebody who is just like genuinely good and genuinely positive. Mm-hmm. Now it's an interesting show too because it was like they 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 said, "Hey, we want to we want to throw a whole lot of dirty language and some bad jokes together and make <laughs> make like a good yeah, show yeah. for everybody." Um, but I do think, especially the first season, I mean, you, there was just this refreshing look that I think where we all were at the time that Ted Lasso came out, it was just like, "Yes, please," yeah. kind of the the opposite of modern politics, kind of the opposite of um, we're just looking for abrasion and a fight i mean it was it was really yeah it was really a good thing yeah i think in in season two and i'm i'm like three or four episodes behind at this point um but in season two i think they get more into the fact that a there's there's more of a dynamic there behind the scenes than we thought and b is just because somebody is like happy and put together on the outside sometimes they may really be hurting on the inside and um so i've you know, I, I think that I think that that we're seeing that in in a couple more dim- dimensions in season two. Yeah, and just uh, deal with some of the you know the the complexities 
you know, of like in the fact that he is human, right? And like he's not like I think some of those characters that we mentioned, they're kind of like a little bit one dimensional. But I mean, like that there's some depth there. Like there's reasons why he's doing things the way he does, or and you know, just especially with you know bringing in the character of Sharon, the counselor in the second yeah. season, and like you know how people are dealing with with her and how he deals with her. It's like, it's pretty amazing. Um, and again, like you're saying, like dealing with some of the issues and no spoilers here, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but even to just thinking about like some of the, um, we, you see some of the things in some other of the characters, like, you know, Nate, the, 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 the guy who was started off as the kit man or whatever, the manager of uh, the equipment manager, and then rise up to become a coach. And you think you see like, well, it's not all just happy because he's also, you know, it has some imposter syndrome or he has some like, I want to yeah. be out there. And, and just even like some of those issues, I don't know, it, it, in a, in a way it just shines a light on all these different things that we're all dealing with. And, and I think, you know, gives you a little bit of perspective on it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The only thing, and again, I'm very early in season two, but they do introduce this Dr. Fieldstone, who is the, the, the therapist that's come to help the team through some things. And there, there is kind of this mysticism. She kind of sits off to the side and doesn't really, doesn't really engage. And there is just kind of like this, this aura around her. And uh, one of the things that I'm always intrigued about is how therapists and counselors are portrayed in popular culture. And, you know, it has been, it has been a career that's kind of been, or a profession that has been used in some healthy ways and some unhealthy ways. I mean, I, I love Frazier. I've always loved Frazier. Yeah. I thought that was really funny, <laughs> especially the difference between Frazier Crane and Niles Crane. Um, yeah, yeah. But then also, and what about Bob Richard Dreyfuss' character in that? <laughs> so he's so anal. I mean, he's, it turns out you realize he's the sick person. Yeah, yeah. Bob, I guess Bob is the Ted Lasso, you know. Yeah, but, um, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. Bob, yeah, yeah, Bill Murray is the Ted Lasso <laughs> of that movie. Perfect. Yeah. But he finally breaks, he finally breaks, um, the doctor down and, and what about Bob? And then you see it in Goodwill hunting. And sometimes it's, it's good and it's helpful portrayal. Sometimes it's, um, it's not so, not so good and not so helpful. I do think I do struggle sometimes with people who in an effort to try to normalize people thinking about mental health have kind of deified that profession or kind of mystified that profession. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I'm not a wizard. The work that we do together is work that you're going to do. I, I will do my best to help you see the work that's ahead of you and let you know that if at the end of the day, you definitely don't have to go at it alone. Even if you, even if everybody else is gone, like there's somebody here like cheering from you from the stands, but it's not wizardry. It's, right. it's you finding your healthy space, finding a space to tell, to tell what's going on with you and know that the the building won't fall down. If you, if you, if you, speak the truth about where you are. Um, but, but there is no, there's no wizardry here. Yeah. I like that. Let's, let's, and, uh, so what you kind of mentioned it before, but I just want to make sure, you know, that I think maybe with the reshuffling of the uh, pandemic yet yeah, getting, going to a counselor has become as easy as logging on to a zoom. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, like some of the people, like they had these barriers to entry for, um, getting going to a counselor like oh i only take people in my office or blah blah, blah. And like hey it, it it some of those barriers got you know brought down so maybe you didn't know it's it, it's a little bit more approachable to go seek out the help that you might yeah. need so yeah or even in relationships too i mean we, you know every marriage is a little bit different you know i mm -hmm. do it's helped to do counseling sometimes online because you have couples that live in different cities because of work or things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, or because things have just gotten so kind of, kind of intense, kind of broken that it's better for them to be in a different place instead of trying to sit there and um, speak the truth with each other, knowing that, that, that emotions run high there. I mean, it's just, it, it has given some, there have been some things that I've, I've seen that have been really good about like, opening the door a little bit wider for people to get the help that they need that we, we all need at some yeah. point. Yeah, that's for sure. So Pat, um, any final words on staying mentally fit? I mean, we had a lots of good golden nuggets yeah, just in a, here. Just a couple of bullet points from what we talked about. Um, uh, cause I know it was a lot just to take away. Like if you're feeling the reshuffle, make it count. Like we may never have this chance again. So make it, make it count. Let's, let's, let's look back on this reentry season and, and see some real fruit 
from that. And let's help the other people that that we have responsibility for, whether it's teachers and students, the people in our family, our kids, um, other friends that we have. Let's let's help them all reshuffle well as well. Um, just in, keep in mind, you know, that the next generation is valuing connection over instruction. You have a lot I mean, as a <laughs> as a job description. You guys have a lot to to instruct on, but they really mm-hmm. are looking like does somebody see me? Does somebody genuinely care about me? And I, I know that you do. You wouldn't be listening to a to a podcast about being a good educator if you didn't like truly deeply care about um, the responsibility that you've been given. So you know, continue to keep that that in mind. And some of the behavior we see is just a cry for connection. Um, and so it's important to keep that in mind. And then, you know, when you need help, you don't need wizardry. You just need somebody who can, who can walk with you for a little while. And so if that's in a counselor, then, then reach out. Um, but if that's just in a, in a trusted friend who can just be a good listener and tell you, you're, you're not crazy or you are crazy and that's okay. Um, then, you know, seek that out. Um, life is hard. And even, 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 and as life kind of moves a little bit more and more back to normal, um, still hard, still hard in some new ways. And so be kind to yourself and, and reach out to people if that's what you need. Okay. I just want to reinforce what you said, Pat. I had two teachers um, on another podcast mention that, or that their path to becoming a teacher, they thanked two teachers and both of them talked about being seen by that teacher. And like, just yeah. that was, it wasn't about a lesson. It wasn't about anything subject. It was like, I was seen by that teacher. And so like talking about that, talking about connection and just put a little uh, extra sauce on, on that, those yep. bullet points. So valuable. So, anything to promote, Pat? You got anything besides, uh, we can put your contact information in there for, sure. uh, but anything else? Um, I would just say the book that I am constantly talking about for people is called the relationship cure by john gottman it is um it, it is kind of the opposite of boundaries so you know when we talk about boundaries yeah, you yeah. There, but you're supposed to take a drink right take a shot boundaries <laughs> but um uh the, the relationship cure even though i don't love the name is a it's a great like boundaries 2.0 because it's it's not about like putting up boundaries it's about how to make the best connections and what i love about it is i give it to i encourage a lot of couples to um read it because I think there's some stuff in there that's really good for them, but it's actually not a marriage book. It's a book for everybody in relationships. So it helps with workplace. It helps with, I mean, it would help with some of the things that, that people are going with through in in schools and and educational settings and stuff like that. And just practical things that you can pass along to families that you're connected with or your own family. And so um, it's, they've done some really smart research about breaking down relationships to the atomic level and um, it's just it's just great. I have a lot of good conversations from people who engage with that book. So that would be my recommendation, The Relationship Cure by John Gottman. Nice. I, I wrote it down. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. There we go. Well, if Pat, you get him on the show, let me let me join, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was I was just gonna say, like, I think this is a, a good regular occurrence. I know you you've got some things that you store up and we can share. And uh, I yep. know lo- I know several people have uh, talked about your first episode, and I'd love to keep that going and uh, let's do it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pat. Thanks for joining us. Yep. It was my pleasure. Have a great day. There it is. Another great conversation with uh, Pat Ward. We talked about all sorts of different things, man. We talked about Ted Lasso, Devious Licks, all sorts of stuff. Actually, I wonder now that I've seen the end of Ted Lasso and once he catches up, I'd love to talk to Pat again. Well, anyway, we can do that because that's, we're close and, we, we talk to each other often, so we can just hit record one of those times. Anyway, um, Pat also, this is, this is exciting, has started a podcast called The Homeward Collective. It's with him and uh, a colleague, Taryn Mao, and they, they have a great trailer. I'll, put, I'll post the trailer in the show notes uh, so you can hear what The Homeward Collective is about. But um, from the trailer and from some of the initial things, it was like, you know, not about more book, basically their clients were talking about, Hey, rather than recommending more books, how about you recommend more podcasts, which is great. I mean, again, I like podcasts obviously, but thinking about like having the digestible format uh, of a podcast to be able to share, Hey, here's some things that I want you to think about. 
and you can get it while you're on a run, while you're driving, while in other places where you might not have the time to sit down and read a book. I love reading books, but again, podcasts might be a little bit more accessible. So great to see that. I'm excited to uh, see what they're going to come up with, with their content. Again, I'll post the links to it in the show notes. So if you're excited about that, you can go to amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 55, where you can find links to this and other stuff that we're, we talked about in this episode. If you're looking for ways uh, to support the pod, this podcast, or, or the Homework Collective podcast, support podcasts. I love it. Anyway, if you want to support a podcast, subscribe to them. So then when they're ready, so when the next episode of the Homeward Collective comes out, you can, you'll get it in your podcast inbox or whatever, uh, whatever platform you're using. It'd be like there, like for me and Spotify, I see a little red dot, like, ooh, there's a new episode of 60 songs that explain the 90s, which is awesome. It's on Spotify. Check it out if you haven't seen it. So subscribe to the podcast, rate or review podcast. Again, that'll like, that'll allow folks that... Um, are looking for podcasts like some of the people that um, Pat and Taryn are talking about. Like they're looking for podcasts. If they're looking for some things that are similar, the rates and the ratings and reviews allow people to find those. So go ahead and do that. Um, I also have an email list. I haven't done a lot with it lately, but we're again we're kind of in the midst of a, a crazy semester. But we're thinking about what does that look like to relaunch it. But if you're interested, in whenever something comes out on Amazon Planet. Uh, you can subscribe to the Amazon Planet download. Just go to AmazonPlanet.com. There's lots of buttons where you can hit join the email list. You do that, and we'll have lots of good stuff happening there. Um, follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can do th- those things. Keep connected with us on social media. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. That's a way to financially support the podcast. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to to, do, to run the podcast, but it does take something. So it's it's nice to have the support through your purchases through the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. The links can be found in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com. Again, all those purchases support the production costs of the podcast. Finally, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thanks to Pat, uh, Pat Ward for sharing his expertise and his, his wisdom. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. Love it. And finally, thank you to, to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace. Peace.